Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope, and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. Okay, so we're going to get started here talking about unfair. We're talking about the good and beautiful community, which means we're talking about who we are as the people of God together. We've been going through that. We're going to go all the way through that uh, to the beginning part of December. And this morning, we're going to talk especially about forgiveness and about being a merciful community, about being a transformed community and what that looks like. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but when you talk about relationships, we use economic terms. And what I mean by that is we'll use terms like, you owe me. Think about that. Why do we say you owe why do we say um, that there is a dating market? Like, why do we call it a market? Like, there's so often in relationships, not just uh, male and female. I'm talking father, son, mother, daughter. There's economic terms that we throw around. It's like we know it's valuable. So we talk, we talk, about, we talk about investing in a relationship. We talk about um, equity in a relationship. Uh, we talk about a give and a take. We could talk about, um, you've probably heard this often, you're going to pay for that. Now, you know that doesn't mean that, oh, you better pull some money out and pay. That's not what that means. That means you're going to pay for what you did relationally. So what you did to me, I'm going to return to you in exchange. Because that's also what we do. It's a, a free market of relationships, which means, look, if you do this, I'm going to do this. It's like an exchange program. And we have these expectations of what's supposed to be done unto us. And we also know when we haven't fulfilled our end of the emotional contract. Right? Like, people don't need to tell you some things. You just know when you kind of broke the rules. The unwritten rules that are like written into our hearts. The things that you know you should be doing, but you didn't do. And so you know you're in debt. Now, a lot of you know what it's like to be in financial debt. In fact, probably most of you know what it's like to be in financial debt. If you've ever had that financial debt and it's been taken care of, oh, it feels so good. You just feel lighter when you take care of that debt. And some of us are carrying around emotional debt, which means we know we're indebted to somebody else. And it is this huge weight that just weighs us down. Or, you know there's somebody that owes you in this human exchange, and they've, have a, they've had a breach of contract with you. Some of us may go, oh, it's just a grudge, or I'm just, I just don't like that person. But no, you're holding them accountable for what they didn't pay you. You're like, you know you were supposed to do this. You didn't do this. You didn't fulfill your end of the bargain, and so you're in debt to me. And no, I won't let you pay me. You, you don't have enough to pay me back. We do that, don't we? I had a, um, a friend that came up to me a bunch of years back, and um, she basically said, Pastor, I need to meet with you. I, I have to confess. I have this stuff that is just weighing me down. I can't even function. I can't work. I can't, I can't do anything. And so we met at uh, the San Juan Park, actually, right down the street, and uh, we just sat there at a bench, and she just shared this stuff, crying, could barely get through it. It took a long time for her to share it. Once she started sharing, the tears would flow. And she stopped crying, then she started to talk, then the tears would flow again. And as we talked, I, 
I, I said, look, I can't forgive you, but I can be the ambassador that represents Christ. He, we all have that ability. As followers of Christ, we have that ability to, to forgive because he's the one who forgives. We don't have that power, but he's given it to us and he expects us to use that. So I'm standing here and I'm telling you that God has forgiven you. And as far as the east is from the west, your sins are forgotten. Like, they're gone. Christ so loved the world that he came and died so that we could have life and have it to the full. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has passed, the new has come. And I'm sharing this with her and she's nodding. But you can kind of tell, it's like, is it real though? Really, this doesn't work that way. Everywhere around me, this doesn't work this way. So there's no way that could really be the case. And so I think I had a, like a journal like this. I can't remember where the paper came from, but I had paper. And I don't carry around paper. So I just ripped it up and I started writing on it. And she smoked. And so I said, can I borrow your lighter? And I, I handed her the paper and the pen. And I said, now I want you to write what you just confessed. And she's like, Ugh. She didn't want to have to put it down and look at it. And so she wrote it down and she had to look at it. Um, and I said, look, I told you all of this, that Christ has forgiven you. You need to see it. And so just right there on the table, we took her lighter and we burned it. And it just floated away and there was nothing left. And even the ash that was there, I wanted to rub it down so it could just float away so she could see it's gone. Like it's not here anymore. We need to see that. We need to see that happen because I don't think you really understand that you're forgiven. You know how we say that hurt people hurt people? We've shared that many times here. Well, the reality is if we're going to be the people that forgive, then we need to know what it is to be forgiven because you can't just pull that out from inside of you. It's not just there waiting to be unleashed. Only God can do that, and he does that through us. And he sets us free. Because when you don't forgive other people, you know, we think that we're poisoning them. But the reality is, when you hold a grudge, or, with, or in, using more intense terminology, when you don't forgive, it's like you're trying to kill the rat by you eating the rat poison. Like it's poisoning you. You're the one that's dying. You've imprisoned it inside yourself. And on top of that, you're not set free. But if you know God's forgiveness for you, then you're then set free. What is that? Hi, bird. Oh, oh, and your, and your wife came too. That's awesome. Since we're here on story time, the reason I had to look was because this has happened before. This is going to be awesome, isn't it? <laughs> We've had this happen before, but not birds. I had to look because where's Jen's right there. Because I remember Jen was, you were, you sit in the same seat. This was like three years ago. You don't like birds either, do you? Yeah. And I look and as I'm talking, I see Jen right there in her same seat. So that's a sign seating. No one take that seat. And I see her freaking out. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going on. Rat. I don't mean mouse. I mean rat. And he came in, like, so I guess we need to keep this door closed. <laughs> Dave, be a man for your wife. Close that door before another. I'm serious. Can you close that door? <laughs> but the rat came in, and then it knew right where to go. Did it run under your feet? I know it came near you, and then shot through the back, and it was like, whoop, 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 whoop. and everyone just started popping up. So there you go. 
Thank you, Dave, husband of Jen, man of the house, who kills the roaches too. So back to forgiveness. So hurt people, hurt people, and to be forgiven, then you're set free to forgive. Like, think about that word forgiven. What it means is, is that you have given up. You have surrendered the right to punish someone. Think about that. You have given up. You have surrendered the right to punish the person who has breached the contract with you. And you know that God has given up, surrendered the right. And he does have the right to punish us for the many ways that we have fallen short. Not only in our relationship with him, but in our relationship with other people. God is all about relationships. That is what this is all about. I don't know if you know that. This world is all about relationships. God himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, he's in relationship with himself. Now, if I keep talking about that, our heads are going to explode trying to understand how he does that. But God himself is in relationship with himself. And he created us with the intent for us to be in relationship with him. When Jesus came to give us this full life, he wasn't just trying to call us to this way of life just with him. But he was also calling us to a way of life with each other. And it's not under the exchange program that we currently are implementing. The word forgiven itself, think about that, for, like the word you use for forefathers, that which comes before. Maybe think of it this way. To forgive someone, you need to, before, know what it is to be given to. Do you understand what I'm saying? We talk about hurt people, hurting people. For you to be able to forgive people, you, know what it, you need to know what it is to be forgiven. So this is my intent this morning. I am going to absolutely bury you in scriptures. I want you to be, because I was thinking about this, I'm thinking I could just tell you, but I don't know if you're going to really get it. So I kind of want to overdo it. I want to go too far in explaining all the ways in which God has revealed to us that we are forgiven. Because if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. Paul said this about Jesus. He said this in Colossians. He said, if you've seen Jesus, he's the image of the invisible God. Okay? So when we look at these scriptures that reveal Jesus, I want you to realize this is how God interacts with you. And it's completely different than you are operating with each other and that we even operate with God. Because my friend was sitting there thinking, God is not for me because I did these things. There's no way God could love me. There's no way God would ever forgive me. It's just too much. And she thought she had to fix things before God would forgive her. Let's look. This is one of my favorite stories. It's, uh, Jesus, and these are historical stories. This is the woman caught in adultery. Who is she? She's just a woman. And she's caught in adultery. Not, oh, I heard you. No, caught in the act. And these men take her, and they take her before Jesus. And they bring they're trying to trap Jesus because seeing how is he going to interact with us? You know what we have to do. There's an exchange program. How are we going to punish her? You know what she's done. If you're the son of God, what are you going to do about this? And then he says this. Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And of course, rocks start dropping and they leave. Now, first of all, they've already admitted, okay, we've sinned. Why doesn't Jesus do anything to them? We always think of them as the bad people. But you know what? Jesus didn't punish them either. He's trying to teach them. He's trying to open up their eyes. But they just walk away. And this woman is sitting there all by herself. And he says, woman, where are they? Like, where'd they go? 
Has no one condemned you? Has no one taken their place to inflict punishment on you? And she says, no one. And then he says this, neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. Now, if God operated under our exchange program, he would say, you know what? First, go and live the way you're supposed to live. Come back to me. We'll look over your your ledger, and then I will forgive you. He forgives her before she's done a thing. She has done nothing positive. She hasn't earned this. He just gives it to her. Let's look at the next example. We all know the story of Jesus on the cross. And I think most of you may know that on either side there were criminals. They didn't say they were innocent. They knew they were criminals. It was obvious. In fact, the criminals get in a little discussion up there on the crosses with each other back and forth. And one of them says, you know that we deserve to be here, but he doesn't. And then one of the criminals says this, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Think about that. What has this criminal done to now live this entire life this certain way, done the things he's done to the point where the entire community agrees, and he even agrees, that he deserves to be up on this cross? How bad must it be when you think you should be up there? Because the man that says this is the man that says, you know we deserve to be here. How bad must it have been? Well, it's never bad enough. Because Jesus right then says, you will be with me in paradise. He has done nothing. He has done nothing to earn this. Think about that. Think about my friend. Think about you and your relationship with God. And you think, well, okay, I've got, if I fix my life or if I do this, then God will be, and then I can get, that's not how it works. That is a program we have created. That is not God's program. That's not how it works. Jesus was asked this question in Luke 15, 1 and 2. We all know the story or have heard the story of the prodigal son. But let's remember where this question comes from. Because Jesus shares this story of the prodigal son, which is really the story about the, the father's love. But he shares this story based on this question. He's trying to teach these Pharisees. Because they're around him. They're out, out and about. And they look and all these Bad people are hanging out with Jesus. Like all the people that were blowing it all the time, the people that lived in the red on their ledger sheets and everybody knew it and so did they. They were the ones that just kept flocking to Jesus. It's like they were following him around. Like what was the deal? Why were they always wanting to be near him? What made them feel so safe? And so... The Pharisees and the scribes, the ones that are really enforcing this exchange program that we all kind of create. If they didn't create it, I would have created it. You would have created it. They start to grumble. I love that word. We all know what that means. This man receives sinners and he eats with them, which is basically saying, why is he hanging out with all the bad people? And then Jesus shares the story about the son who came to his father and said, give me my inheritance. Give it all to me. I wish you were dead so I could just have everything that belongs to me. And the father who had every right to punish him right there does not. And instead, because he loves him, gives it to him. Not because he knows it's going to be good for him, but maybe his son will actually grow through this. 
And so the son goes and does exactly what the father expects him to do. He spends it all. He wastes his time, talent, and treasure on stuff that just ruins him. And he is a broken man, this son. And so his son is coming down the street to come back home, knowing that his father's going to beat him down, but at least maybe he'll get fed. Maybe he'll be able to stay somewhere on the property. Maybe he can, like, hide in the corner, but at least eat the scraps of food that are left around because that is better than his situation. But as this son is coming back, with nothing positive in his ledger, his accounting is horrible. And as he's coming back, the father runs to him. Not to inflict the punishment that he has the right to inflict, but instead he embraces him and restores him. Or using another economic word, he reconciles him. He sets things right. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's trying to show us the way things are supposed to work. The way it works with us and God and the way he intends for us to work with others. Do you know that you are that son? That you didn't have to do anything to earn that? Jesus did it. It's our faith and trust in him. We're never good enough to pull this off. There's a tax collector named Zacchaeus. I'm not going to explain what tax collectors are. Take my, take my word for it. At this time, at this place in history, they're bad people. They're rich people. But they're poor. They're poor in spirit. They are miserable. And in fact, Zacchaeus is so miserable that he's falling around Jesus and he's up in a tree. And Jesus invites him and says, I'm going to your house right now. He goes to his house. As he's at the house, um, or no, before they get to the house, he says this. He says, look, Lord. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. So he's already trying to pay back, right? Because this is what we do. All right, Jesus, I know I've really blown it. I pretty much ripped off everyone that's here, and I'm really rich. But to pay you back, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. And of course, Jesus said, all right, you go and do that, and then come back to me. Then we'll work it out. But he doesn't, because that's not how God works. Before he has earned it, before he deserves it, Jesus says this, Today, salvation has come to this house, because this man is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Are you kidding me? Like, he didn't do anything. And we see this happen all the time, but we don't really absorb it. We really don't see it happening. And I want to jump down to Romans 5, 6, because I think that Paul says this in the book of Romans so clearly. He says this. In Romans 5, 6, he says, For while we were still helpless, and I highlighted and bolded that word, because we are helpless. All this, the, the woman caught in adultery, the son who spent everything, the tax collector, the criminal on the cross, they're helpless. There's nothing they can do to set things right. And so God knowing that does it for us. For while we were still, still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, Paul is saying we. Paul is brilliant. Paul is educated. Paul is respected. Paul was one of the religious leaders going around making sure that everybody was doing things right. In fact, Paul was the one that had Stephen killed and many others killed because they were following Christ and they weren't fulfilling the law. 
And yet he says, this man who knew what it was to have power and authority, says, we were helpless. He tried to compensate with all that power and all that authority and all that yelling and all that killing. But he now knows that he was helpless. And he says, while we were helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for us. At the right time. When's the right time? He answers it. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But when was the right time? But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. That's the right time. Before we do anything is the right time for us to be given, to be forgiven. So we can talk about being this people of God that are supposed to go and forgive others, but we just, how? How in the world can we ever do this? I'm not going to give us a bunch of ways that we need to forgive other people. Because the reality is if you understand that God has forgiven you, you are now set free to forgive others. So this morning I wake up and I get an email. It was two, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, that as a church we all agreed together to give away the entire offering um, to the victims, our friends that are the persecuted church in Pakistan. All over the world, there are, we, as we talked about, there are Christians being persecuted, killed, beaten up, bombed. And in this particular situation, in Peshawar, there was a, a church and they um, had a bombing outside and, and hundreds were killed and so many more were injured. And um, so we, you, were able to, to give uh, of finances to help them, to help them know they're not alone. And so the pastor that's been going around, they, he sent me like so many pictures of where the money was going because they're a very honorable community. And so he's sending me little pictures of envelopes going, see, you know, and, and <laughs> see, see. And unfortunately, it was all in hospitals, and, and it, was, it was rough. And um, I got this, uh, can I grab my phone because I got to read you the email. But he sent me an email from one of the boys. This is a teenage boy, if we could put up the picture of him. Um, his name is Shalom, and his English is not very good. So I have to fill in some letters here, uh, some words, I mean, to help it make sense. So he says, my name is Shalom. My gra- he says, my grandfather martyred, my father martyred, my mother martyred, my elder sister martyred, which means my father was martyred, my mother was martyred, my elder sister was martyred, and my grandfather was martyred. He said, I am alone this morning. I make my breakfast by myself, and I don't know how to make breakfast. I miss my sister and mother. My father, every day, would drop me off at school on the motorbike. Now, every day in the morning, I loudly say, Dad, I'm ready. But my dad is not with me. But still, I love Jesus Christ. I'm going to school. The school is a Christian school that one of the other churches in the area helped build, um, which is awesome. Um, I'm going to school. I want to study. I want to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear this. The the boy, this is a boy who's had his entire family martyred. He wakes up in his house alone because 
of these people that he's going to mention right now. He says, I want to reach every Taliban with love and forgiveness. How do you do that? Our exchange program says there's a much different response. But when the time is there, when you know that you're forgiven, and you're given something that amazing, then you turn into the kind of community that Christ created us for. To be a community that loves and forgives when it's not earned, but because we know what it is to be forgiven. Shalom, this, this teenager gets it. I honestly don't know what else to say. I, I, I'll just ruin it if I keep talking. So I'm going to pray. And I want to invite the worship team up to close us in prayer. Father, um, Lord, I honestly don't know how to, um, to pray for this. So we surrender to you and ask that you would turn us into this graceful community. That you would bring what's needed that we would grow in understanding how much you love us. We can talk about it, we can sing about it, but we ask that you would bury us in it so that we can then share that with others. We ask for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you all please stand? going to continue um, in a spirit of worship. I'm going to share a new song with you guys. It's called Glorious Ruins. And it's a, it's a very powerful song. It's based on just the fact that we are all um, as ruins. We're imperfect and uh, we need God to come alongside us to renor- restore us and renew us. Uh, so as we sing this song, I just want to make it as a prayer, as a community. When the mountains fall and the tempest roars, you are with me. When creation folds, still my soul will soar on your mercy. Walk through the fire. 
So 
seated. Uh, we're going to take the offering right now for those that call branches home. And um, we're also going to invite uh, Murph, who's going to close it for us. So if you've never experienced this before, if you're visiting, this is uh, spoken word poetry. And um, well, you'll see. Just a couple quick announcements um, when we get out of here. We kind of need some help cleaning up, not only in here, but in the back. Um, so if you can, stick around, maybe uh, you know, lend a helping hand. If you have children, uh, might want to pick them up, uh, too. Um, and uh, also, right out here, if you need prayer or any words of healing, um, some of us will be gathering outside, so... Please, you know, you're welcome to, uh, to join. And I'm going to share a poem to, to close this out. I'm trying to figure out why I have such a pit in my stomach, you know, sitting here this morning. But I think I've realized that I have some people in my life that I need to forgive. And I don't want to um, because I'm angry. And that hurts a lot. So, uh, yeah. On the face of her phone, Wileen programs a message to herself so that when the alarm clock rings, the screen flashes, every day is one day less. Every day is one day less. Jordan tattoos the words, forgive me, in thick black letters down the inside of his arms so that when he looks at his wrist, he will remember to not hate himself so much. What they both keep forgetting is that there is life after survival. After Dave left, Mary started sticking her face between the film projector and the movie screen so that when the credits roll, she still gets to be somebody. When Tara's past comes back to haunt her, she mashes chalk into the sidewalk until her knuckles bleed. She scribbles and scrapes, scribbles and scrapes till the words take shape. And this is what they say. They say, I want to die. People die, die. People hold tight if I love you, because it might not last long. Y'all, we are all going to die. That's the exciting part. It's learning how to live for a living. There's the tricky stitch. Just ask Denise, whose family taught her when she came into this world that family equals love. So Denise took that shit seriously. But after a lifetime of craving acceptance from their cruelty, she now finds herself jamming Polaroid pictures of these people into her typewriter, pounding out the last letter of the word mercy. Over and over again, she strikes the key why. Why, 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 why? And the answer, y'all, the answer it comes in the form of a handwritten letter from the moon. It says this, this is brutally beautiful. So are we. This, this is endless. So are we. We can heal this. Signed, Craterface. P.S. See me for who I am. We got work to do. But my father, he didn't read moon, he didn't speak moon, and he didn't write moon. 
So there was no note left next to his body the day he chose to leave this world on purpose without telling us where he was going or why. There are still days you can catch me tape recording eternal silence and playing it backwards for an empty room just so I could listen for his dying wish. It's true. And the apple, it doesn't fall too far from the tree. But thank goodness, my family tree was in an orchard on a hill, and that hill rolled me to the river, and that river ripped me through the rapids, and those rapids rushed me into this moment right here with you at the mouth, y'all. This, this is my church. And if church is a house of healing, hallelujah, welcome. Come on in as you are. Have a look around. There are massive stacks of bad choices in my backyard. Clearly, I have not yet finished cleaning up the place, but I'm trying. And I found something here I want you to have. It ain't much. It's just a story, but it's all I got. So take it. It's called Chris. Chris's drug of choice was more. So he took more and more and more until the day he woke up babbling in a pool of his own traffic jam, realizing he is killing off the best parts of himself and claiming he could read people's skin. When he looked down at his heart flap, it said, boy, go find your spine and ride it out of here. Wileen's gut said day one. Jordan's arms fully forgiven. Mary's face, the endless. Denise's fingertips said C. C, 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 C. And Chris said, my smile, it said, fix it. So I came back to the mouth of the river, underneath the moonlight, to see a reflection of myself, where down my whole body it is written, P.S., See me for who I am. We got work to do. As for Crater Face, I don't speak for that guy. His skin is a brutally beautiful handwritten letter from the sun. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the release of all hope for a better past. Thank you all so much. Have a great day.